Hello and welcome to Select Match Type. My name's Simon Cowgill. I'm joined as ever by Christopher Ellis. Hi Chris, how are you? I'm very well, Si. How's yourself? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I've spent a day uh, doing stuff around the house, so I've tidied the garage, went to the tip. Um, you've never known frustration in your life until you go to the tip, grab a bag of garden waste and it splits in your boot. And you can just see the grass and leaves and stuff crumble, like falling out of the bag onto the back seat of your car. <laughs> that wasn't a metaphor for life, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly how I feel at the moment. So, <laughs> I have been I have been working, and then we are currently decorating the dining room. So, um, at the moment, covered in silk, quite silk paint. So today we are going to wrap up our Hell in a Cell coverage. Obviously, this is our, our fourth series, and so far we've looked back at eight matches. Um, as we anticipated in our preview episode all those weeks ago, we've had a lot of The Undertaker. How have you enjoyed the series then, Chris? I've, I re- I've really enjoyed it. There's been a lot of really good stuff, which will come on and as we go through our highlights. And you know what? Even the really bad stuff, at least it was bad enough that we could actually have some fun with it. It wasn't Survivor Series plodding along or for a rumble middle of the uh, man 15 to 20 plodding. At least we could have a lot, a lot of fun commenting on the sometimes odd nature of some of these, some of these uh, Hell in a Cell matches. Yeah, I think our, our match selection probably helped with that because um, WrestleMe, as we, we always give them a, a shout out, but they often talk about how wrestling is good if it's good or bad. If it's somewhere in the middle of that, that's bad wrestling. Uh, and there's a lot of in the middle matches from the last 10, 15 years that we could have covered, but wouldn't have had any fun doing it because the match wasn't good or we couldn't take the piss out of what had happened in it so yeah i think uh we've done a good job in selecting matches that would make for good uh good discussion points we we critique we don't take the piss critique (laughs) (laughs) i'm not sure As as if we would mock yeah, exactly. We we give constructive criticism, like Terry Funk, tie your shoelaces better. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, see? Now when he goes across the road and he doesn't get hit by a car, he'll be able to say, hey, you know what, I just avoided that car by learning to tie my shoelaces. Or even if he Public does get service. hit. If, even if he does get hit by a car, at least his trainers will still be on when he hits the ground. <laughs> there you go. See? Either way, it's it's a tip worth having, worth remembering. Tie your shoelaces. There you go, kids. You've learned. There you go. If you take, yeah, if you take nothing else away from this series, just that's it. Tie your shoelaces. Um, okay, let's waste no time then. First of all, let's talk about what was your favourite match in this series. There's, there's. I nearly said there's only one. That's that's unfair because there's been a lot of great matches, but it was the one that was at the start. And while we've seen great wrestling and great efforts, it has to be Armageddon, six-man hell in a cell. It's still weird. It's still the fact that they put five men at the peak of their career and Rikishi. I'm sorry, five men. And we had this conversation last time, we so he was at the peak of his career. <laughs> right, okay, so five WWE superstars and Rikishi in a, in a cage match. The fact Angle winning as the cowardly heel... Undertaker throwing Rikishi off the top. Mick Foley coming out because what's a cage of actual Mick Foley? And it all is very. 
It did have it all. Uh, that was the first match that we covered, um, so the, the second episode after our, our preview one. It was always the go-to on... I, I know this isn't necessarily... Uh, doesn't necessarily mean that it's a, a brilliant match, but it was always the match type that got selected. See what I did there? Uh, when I played SmackDown 2 or any of the, the later SmackDowns, if I was just having a one-off match... Uh, rather than going into story or career mode or whatever, I would always pick the Armageddon Hell in a Cell. The fact that it has its own match named after it, uh, named after it, is probably a good sign. Exactly. So, what was that up there? We found what was your favourite then? Sorry. Yeah. So, honourable mentions to to Armageddon. Um, a lot of nostalgia for that one because uh, that was probably the time when I was most into wrestling, watching Raw and SmackDown every single week, watching every single pay per view. Uh, the other honourable mention to um, the Undertaker versus Mankind, probably the the most famous um, of the of the Hell in a Cell matches. But my favourite one, I'm actually going to go for one slightly different, um, and I'm going to go for the first ever Hell in a Cell match between Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker. It wouldn't be a select match type series without us picking a, a Shawn Michaels match as one of our favourites. So, um, <laughs> But aside from that, there was The Undertaker looking like a monster because of how well Michaels had sold. Um, the story building into it about The Undertaker being desperate to get hold of Michaels and the, the match being set up to avoid uh, outside interference from DX. Um, well, they weren't DX at that point, but Triple H, Rick Rude and China. Um, and then it ended with Kane's debut, which I still maintain is probably one of the best debuts in WWE, WWF history. Um, you add into that the fact that it was the pay-per-view before Survivor Series, so before the Montreal Screwjob. Um, I, all in all, I think that was my favourite. And Sean bleeds a lot. There is, bleeds a there's a lot of claret. <laughs> well, we've had a lot of claret throughout this whole series, really. If we're talking Claret, then Vince McMahon definitely deserves a uh, a mention. Unsurprisingly, we we knew it was going to be the case when we when we covered a Vince McMahon match, but he bleeds a hell of a lot in that Hell in a Cell match. Be fair, Armageddon again. I think takes takes bragging rights for sheer amount. Yeah, of, uh... yeah definitely. Um, Okay, so that, that's our favourite. So I've gone um, for the first ever, so Michael's versus Undertaker. You've gone for Armageddon 2000. Um, the, the highest rated Hell in a Cell match from Meltzer was the, the first ever. It's the only one that was ever given five stars. Um, I think largely that's because of how original it was. But yeah, I, I, I am happy to, to say that Armageddon was certainly up there for me. Um, okay, least favourite. Um, we did work in two matches that we desperately didn't want to see in this one. Um, so, w- which was your least favourite that we covered? It's it's tempting to say Fiend Rollins just because it ended in a ridiculous no con- no contest. But at least some- at least something actually happened during it. The worst one is. Oh God, I'm, I'm torn now because the Undertaker boss man finished with the Bruce coming down and then boss man being hung. What you think oh, that but, you think that pulled yeah. it above the Fiend? Oh, so, Sorry, I, I, so, I, so, you, so you put the Fiend Rollins in because of the ridiculous ending, and then oh, no, not because not. <laughs> I, I, I'm saying ignore, ignoring the ridiculous ending of Rollins and the Fiend. Right. At least there was an actual kind. Of, at least there was some real violence and some kind of that during the match. 
But, but, yeah, but it's the opposite for the Undertaker boss man. Yeah, it's like Undertaker boss man. There's nothing but a ridiculous ending. <laughs> exactly, but, good, but something happens at the end. Which okay, I go, so, oh, that's quite cool. So you, you now need to. So it's uh, going to say a lot about your um, preference of wrestling style, but do you prefer the match or the ending then, Chris? Which, which was the worst one out of those two? I think I prefer. I think I prefer the ending. I think mean, Rollins the Fiend is the worst. Yeah, I, I've gone for the exact opposite. So I've got Undertaker Bossman as my least favourite, um, even more than the Fiend Seth. Because the Fiend Seth was a reasonable match, um, just ruined by the fact it was a Hell in a Cell match that got stopped because it was too violent. It really. Um, Imagine if that was the case with Undertaker Mankind. How how different <laughs> that match would have been looked back on now. Well, we did. I mean, to be fair, we didn't even we didn't even cover Cena. We're having the match stopped so they could patch him up. We didn't. That's very true. <laughs> yeah, stopping a hell of a cell match because there's a bit of blood. Um, <laughs> the ref putting certain rubber gloves on and patching him up. Yeah, there's little um, deflates a hell of a cell match more than that. I would say. That's the thing, there's, there's a difference between getting to the end of it and having some kind of no contest and oh, it's gone too far. But how to lose all momentum when you start and have to patch them up, it's just, no, just, should have just taken a hit, should have just gone, okay, right, how, how do we work around this in future? It just killed that match stone dead there and then. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Obviously, it's quite a good thing that um, they, they want to take care of their their wrestlers and make sure that they patch blood up um especially with the well uh, the product at that time was very much we don't want to see blood on tv because we want uh kids to watch so i can see why but yeah don't have hell in the cell matches then exactly yeah you just get rid of the cop there's plenty of other matches you could do yeah around that you could ease it's like i know i know ladder matches i don't want people throwing themselves off ladders but i don't believe there's there's as much cha- as much damage going, oh, we'll just put on a ladder match rather than... If they don't want that violence, there's plenty you can do with a ladder match and just not have people bleeding down. So. Having said that, uh, uh, Money in the Bank this year, two people were thrown off uh, WWE Towers, so they're happy. Two people were killed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mysterio lost an eye like three months later. He's, he's having a bad year. <laughs> people reincarnated. I thought Papa Shango died. <laughs> Very true. Um, okay so as as with other series we've talked about who was your uh, star or MVP of the series, we can't really say MVP of the series now that MVP is actually back as a, as a regular TV talent but yeah your star of the series then Chris my star of the series Mick Foley round of applause for Mick Foley there you go not just not just for the fall or that or that classic or the Triple H <laughs> match, which again another massive fall, but just for winning the go and just leave it all out there and get possibly seriously hurt in a yeah. cage match. So I've got nothing but utmost respect for him. The matches we covered with him in have been absolute stunners. Yeah, hundred percent. I was tempted to go for The Undertaker, largely because um, Mick Foley didn't actually win a Hell in a Cell match. He's never won a Hell in a Cell match, uh, but he, he's willing to nearly kill himself to put on a good show. Um, 
so yeah, I was tempted to go for the Undertaker because he was in um, obviously the first one. He was in the the one versus Mankind um, in the Armageddon one as well. But I've I've also gone for Mick Foley. Um, wrestling's not all about winning and losing. I think it. If you follow us on Twitter, you've probably seen that I got in an argument with a few people about this uh, a few weeks ago. But I would like winning and losing to mean slightly more than it does. But it's not the be-all and end-all. And yeah, for that reason, Mick Foley is my star. Well, our star of, of the series. Come on, Mick. Yeah. And love again. He was also involved, of course, in the Armageddon Hell in a Cell match as the commissioner came out and stopped the... Uh, the truck from pulling the cell down, which probably saved Rikishi's life, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, true. Really, just been thrown on bare concrete. That would have probably topped uh, the uh, the the charts in our next <laughs> category, which is spot of the uh, spot of the series. Yeah, if the truck hadn't been there, Rikishi would have had it for me a hundred percent. But what was your spot of the series, Chris? There's only there's only one. It's yeah. got it's got to be. It's it's it's. Foley, our RMVP, taking his fall off the cage, which generally could have killed him, or the yeah. Spanish announced team, as we were saying. <laughs> yeah. um, we've not heard from anyone as yet from the Spanish announced team, but that's because we're recording this only a few days. Pete behind the curtain there. But um, yeah, that was undoubtedly the spot of, of the series. Um, there was also that. Mick Foley being thrown through the top of the cell twice, once um, deliberately against Triple H, and obviously the first time that we covered in our previous episode against The Undertaker. Um, any others you want to mention? Fair, I've got a couple of yeah, honourable mentions. We've already, we've, already, we've already mentioned it. Obviously, Rokishi taking the fall off the cage onto the truck. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't care how much padding was in that truck. When you take a fall backwards... And just take that leap of faith and just allow yourself to fall, what, 15 foot? That takes some going. Yeah, definitely. No, nothing from the Boss Man Undertaker match that you wanted to bring? <laughs> Apart from, no. <laughs> yeah, Chris Edge, Edge getting stuck halfway going back up into the, uh, the rafters. He was there for six months, we found, until, <laughs> yeah. uh, until someone, managed to come, someone managed to come down. Yeah, obviously that was a... Uh, for me, that's a particular highlight. I love yeah. the Undertaker. He's one of my all-time fa- all-time favorites, and that's why you want the Undertaker to do stuff like that. Yeah, I'm like I'd like for him to be hung after every match the Undertaker's in. <laughs> it would be in character, to be fair. No, it wouldn't. He's an Undertaker. He he doesn't kill people. <laughs> he just deals with the aftermath of the death. That'd be really dull, though. What the Undertaker, the Undertaker <laughs> go rocking up at some funeral? Home. Go, Emba- oh, yeah. Embalming a body. <laughs> That's like the dullest fucking WWE access show yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's been some pretty bad ones, but I think that would certainly be up there. Uh, Other spots that I'm giving an honourable mention to. So, uh, The Undertaker being speared through the announce table in the Edge Undertaker match was, I think, better than the spot where The Undertaker chokeslammed Edge through the the ring because, as we talked about, you could see the... (laughs) see the gap in the ring as he did it and the dx versus big show and mcmahon hell in a cell match there was two spots that i think deserve a mention so there was the 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 end one where vince has the hammer broken against the back of his neck which i i know it's a worked hammer but it's still a ridiculously dangerous spot um for a what was he then like late 60s early 70 year old man to uh to do 
and uh, in the same match, Shane McMahon um, had a couple. So there was the coast to coast into the bin, but the one where Michaels hits an elbow drop with the chair around his throat. I don't, I don't like watching that, but it's a, a very dangerous spot. I don't, yeah, it's it's really effective to have someone cut, look the cough up blood after they do that kind of move because it really you imagine that's exactly what would happen if you got caught with it, if we were if it was real and someone did crash down that way under your throat you think yeah blood would start spewing up you'd be coughing up blood yeah. like they do it's really it always looks really really good yeah it's one of the few spots that looks genuinely truly nasty when they do it yeah. Definitely, and Shane's face selling um, as he's like shaking from from the pain. Oh, yeah, it was it was a hell of a spot. Having said all that, the uh, we're going to go for the obvious obvious choice with mankind being thrown off the top of the cell. I think we're both in agreement there. Yeah, although Vince sticking his face in the Big Show's ass is also yeah, you got it. It takes just as much commitment and bravery. Yeah. Vince came out bleeding like a bloody mess, came out with no blood on his face at all. <laughs> yeah, slightly big, big show of an anxious trip to the doctors when he watched later and wondered what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about some other matches that we potentially could have covered but uh, but didn't didn't make the cut of the eight that we that we looked at. Uh, any of you want to talk this <laughs> I'll tell you now, a bit of a spoiler, there's going to be a lot of Triple H and Undertaker on this list. Yeah, they do uh, They do occasionally have a, they do have quite a few matches themselves. I don't, I don't have any immediately that jump out at me, Sorry. so why don't you run through a few and I'll, uh, I'll see if any of them ring a bell in the old memory banks here. Yeah, so I talk, well, I've mentioned Triple H um, and Undertaker having lots of matches themselves, so a few that Triple H has had. So there was the uh, Judgment Day 2002 against Jericho, which was sort of the blow-off to their feud, with, which all started with um, Jericho always being mean to Stephanie with playground insults about her being a, a $2 whore and so forth. I, I specifically remember the pedigree on top of the, uh, on top of the cell, which didn't break. Do you, do you remember watching that one, Chris? No, I do not remember. It's a that. really good Jericho, Jericho, I, I, it's weird with Jericho because I love I love watching him, but I've never got as invested with him as I ever have other wrestlers. I don't know what I don't know what it is. I can't get as I don't I don't love him or never got into his fused as much as others. I'm not sure if it's just the times I've been watching wrestling when he came in, or if it's just something about the fuse he has, but something just doesn't always do it for me fair enough i i'm a big jericho fan mainly jericho as a heel i think was my uh my fa- favorite so the the arrogant um beat the rock and steve austin in one night character i think is my favorite but he, he's always been been very solid in the ring models himself after um Shawn michaels which obviously resulted in them having a, a feud going into wrestlemania but yeah I can, I can understand that at that point in jericho's career as well he was always um or around the time of that match he was always like upper mid card he wasn't quite at the the main event level that he would move on to like slightly later on in his career i'm gonna sit down and try to work out what, what is about jericho that doesn't quite do it for me Fair i won't enough. do it now because that'd be really that'll be really dull for everyone <laughs> yeah, but... yeah. Maybe, are you a, not a big fan of Fozzie? 
I love Fozzie. I've seen Fozzie. They're great. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, other Triple H matches. So there was Triple H versus Batista, which was the end of their feud after Batista won the Rumble and it essentially broke up Evolution. Uh, do you remember watching that one? No, again, these are completely <laughs> slipping me by. I've, I've not just made them up, I promise. That was back in 2005. <laughs> <Are you sure? laughs> yeah, back at Vengeance 2005 where uh, Batista had beaten um, Triple H at WrestleMania for the title after winning the Rumble. There was the thumbs down uh, when Triple H was trying to convince Batista to move to SmackDown. Um, but yeah, completely remember, completely remember that. <laughs> You remember that? Just not the... the I remember that, the, the cell. <laughs> oh, just not the rest of the feud. Fair enough. Uh, there was also Triple H versus Shawn Michaels, which was sort of the the blow-off to the feud that they had after Michaels had returned. So there was the street fight at SummerSlam a few years before. They had uh, three stages of hell match and, yeah, ter- uh, ter- terminated, I was going to say. Um, ended at Bad Blood 2004 with Triple H, Shawn Michaels, where they just destroyed each other. So much blood. Uh, they were both led, uh, laid out at the end of the match and Triple H just managed to get his hand on, on um, Shawn Michaels after, after that <laughs> for the win. That's what I remember. There you we do go. remember that I one. Remember that one. Well, very, very good. <laughs> and the last one to mention for Triple H the, versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania the sort of last of the outlaws um, that the, the new guys aren't as good as us was the uh, the build up to this match uh, with Shawn Michaels as the guest referee. Do you remember this one? Surely you remember this one, Chris. Yeah, it's a WrestleMania. I, I, I remember a uh, WrestleMania matches, it's, especially with such a weird builders. Hey, people you're watching now and in the future, it's not as good now. Yeah, <laughs> it's an odd, yeah. An odd marketing strategy. Especially like have them ha- have y- your two sort of legacy stars for want of a better phrase as a as a big thing, but then showcase the rest of your talent so that you're not just relying on people coming back and watching WrestleMania every year. You're actually building stars that people are going to come back and watch um, week to week. But no, they they don't bother coming back to watch because you'll never see anything as good as uh, as the guys that you watched in in your youth. So, yeah, um, I one of the the best spots of of a streak match. Um, obviously, the streak was still going at this point, but it was Shawn Michaels hitting the sweet chin music. Undertaker falls backwards into the pedigree, and I was convinced. I at no point in the build up to the match did I think that Triple H was going to end the streak. But at that moment, I did, uh, for a brief second at least, think that it, it might be the case. Yeah, those moments are just absolutely amazing. It's like when you the CM Punk Undertaker WrestleMania match as well, yeah. and the both and both the Shawn Michaels Undertaker ones. There are moments where you genuinely believe it's all over, and yeah, they're thrilling. Yeah, and then Nothing it was all over, it. and we were and we were in a pub sitting there in a completely silent shop pub, and they're like, ah. Oh, Bucky's were offering a thousand to one on Brock Lesnar. Yeah, the Undertaker still doesn't remember losing the match, but uh... is this going to be a thing? Is this going to be an angle where he's like, "No, the streak's on going." <laughs> yeah, it's in my up. own head, it's, the, it's still going on. Um, so yeah, there's some Triple H ones. I've left the Undertaker deliberately last so that we can smoothly move into some Undertaker matches that we could have covered. So Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar. Um, when Undertaker had his broken hand that was caused by uh, Lesnar, 
any memories of this one, Chris? No. Again, what year was this one? That one was uh, 2002. No Mercy 2002. Oh, yeah, I'd have, been, I'd have been 20 at that point. That was definitely during my during one of my out of a... Uh... Out of wrestling, wrestling phases. Fair enough. It was a really, it was a bit more like a sort of um, a more modern Hell in a Cell match. So there wasn't the spots of them going outside of the cell and stuff. It was just a really physical match. Spoilers, Brock Lesnar does beat The Undertaker that night. Um, and then there's him celebrating with the tit- undisputed title on top of the cell. Uh, and that, I think, was pretty much the night that solidified Lesnar as not just the guy that was going to be... Um, champion for a little bit but someone that was going to be at the top of the card for a long time because yeah he'd he'd won the title but beating the undertaker in a hell in a cell was the way to really build him as as the next big thing as he was known at at the time uh they they would go on to have a a hell in a cell rematch in 2015 which i do not remember in the slightest (laughs) there you go so there's some that do occasionally slip you slip you by yeah um, Undertaker versus Randy Orton, so the whole legend killer feud that they had. Any memories of that one from Armageddon two thousand and five, Chris? No, again, <laughs> you literally, you literally, you're, you're literally just these years are just. It's it's weird my my wrestling following because it does very much during that time drops in a year a year on. A year out, year on, year out. So just and we as, seem to be hitting, we seem to be hitting a lot of beats of years that I weren't actually watching. Yeah, just as um, Cena was coming in, just as Edge was getting towards the top of the card, that was when you stopped watching, essentially. Yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> it. Cena's there. Cena came and I was like, no, fuck it, I'm done with this. Yeah. yeah, Orton's dad was involved, Bob Orton. He bled a hell of a lot. And it turned out afterwards that he had hepatitis C. And unsurprisingly, The Undertaker was not very pleased at that. No, this was, I'm assuming this was during the whole feud when The Undertaker, the buried alive, when he comes back. Yeah. When um, the cough, the cough, the lightning strike on the coffin when he yeah, returns. Exactly, exactly. With Orton on everyone's shoulders at Survivor Series, having won the match for SmackDown. Uh, and him being really panicked and no one quite, <laughs> no one else giving a shit and <laughs> just hoisting him in the air. Yeah, what that was a great return. Yeah, that's I, I, that's just, occasionally I will just sit there through YouTube and go, I sit there go, Undertaker returns, Rock returns, Edge returns, <laughs> just sit there watching them. <laughs> and yeah, that is, one of, that is one of the best, that is one of the best Undertaker ones. Yeah. Up there with CM Punk coming out the night after the Survivor Series with yeah. his new theme. Um, I still pop for that. I know what's going to happen. <laughs> you know what's going. Well, as, as you talked about previously, you knew what was going to happen because his Titantron started a minute too early. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, there was also the Undertaker versus Batista from um, Survivor Series 2007. We have mentioned this match already because it ended with Edge um, as the cameraman costing the Undertaker. But that was uh, the end of the Batista Undertaker feud that had been going on for. A hell of a long time through the summer of 2007. It's nice the way they just segued into the next one. Yeah. Really <laughs> no, synergy. Don't bother building anything. It's well, like, no. oh, we, can have, we can have a long, we can set this in motion, have a long, a long simmer and feud here that really pays off. It's like, no, no, we just put Edge in the cage, just have him smack me in the table with the camera. You say that, but that was at Survivor Series and then that led into, so that was November. It wasn't until August that they had the, uh, the, follow-up Hell in a Cell match 
So they did feud without it being a Hell in a Cell. Yeah, but it's, a, it's an odd way to start a storyline. It is. I'd, I'd it say is odd way to start a storyline, WWE. But yeah, yeah it's... Um, I'd like, you'd like there to be a little bit more finesse in there, yeah. A little bit more subtlety. Yeah, and uh, speaking of odd ways of starting a storyline, the last one of The Undertaker that I was going to mention, The Undertaker versus Shane McMahon at WrestleMania 32, where for some reason, if Shane had won, he would gain control of Raw, and The Undertaker was desperate to help Vince and stop him doing that. Why? Why was The Undertaker willing to help Vince McMahon stop Shane taking over? Who knows? <laughs> the more the more bigger question is who cares yeah. really at that point with that oh god it's just it's always going to be an issue when you have any kind of authority doing that on Raw or Smackdown because they've done it and it worked brilliantly when it was Austin and Vince and occasionally and it worked great to be fair with Matman Helmsley faction but since then it's been done and yeah. when they keep trying to bring it like it's like TB. Every few years, it's raised its head. <laughs> what what a comparison! <laughs> but yeah, so every couple of years, it, it turns up and it doesn't work, and no one cares about it, and it ends. It's like mystery GM. Just <laughs> that's that, the worst one. Just didn't even bother. Just leave it. Just dump a storyline halfway through. Or the the hacker. Or the hacker. Yes. What's happened? What's happened with that? I, I still assume nothing. it's going to tie in with the retribution stuff, but yeah, no, just just leave it up in the air. It's fine. Yeah, that's oh god. Just if you start something, just end it. Yeah, it's, it's not hard. Do you know what? It's just a complete lack of planning, I guess. Some of the some of other matches that I'm not going to go into a massive amount of detail, but these are some of the ones that I've classed as the bollocks matches because they're at, they take place at Hell in a Cell pay-per-views as opposed to being blow-offs to big feuds or anything. Uh, so not going to spend too much time on these, but just quickly, do you remember Alberto Del Rio defeating John Cena and CM Punk? That sounds like a nightmare. No, <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember no, that. I also have no memory. Uh, CM Punk defeating Ryback and Paul Heyman. Yes, we have, I do remember the CM Punk Ryback feud. It was awful. Yeah, there we go. I, I, remember, I remember the match. Don't understand why it was a Hell in a Cell match. Um, the Usos versus The New Day, Big E and Xavier Woods. Um, any memory of that one? No, none whatsoever. They've they obviously had a long feud over the tag titles, but I barely remember the match at all. Uh, Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy. Yes, this is the, the screwdriver one, yes. isn't it? This is the only yes, one I, I remember. The I, wanted to give special, <laughs> I wanted to give special mention to this, to this part for... The, the truly brilliant if slightly odd the fact that they did it and they thought this will work brilliant the slightly odd fact that he had the screwdriver through the hole in Jeff Hardy's ear twisted it so he's never actually going to do any damage because he's got half his ear hanging down but you know what it looked great it looked, it looked absolutely brilliant yeah it was that is such a good spot there was also the end of the match where um, Hardy like climbs to the top of the cage and falls to try and put him through the table. So that was a good match, but I'm not sure why it was a Hell in a Cell match. No, there's, they do pad these. It's a, it's a problem with brand, branding, yeah, pay-per-views, isn't it? Yeah. We don't, get, we don't get just backlash or 
Vengeance or whatever else they used to be back in the day. Fully loaded. Well, you say that, but your favourite match type is uh, Survivor Series matches, so... Yes. And mine's Royal Rumble, so maybe we're not yes. against um, uh, gimmick matches having their own pay-per-view. Maybe it's just that they need to do better to build the Hell in a Cell ones up. Yeah, that's that's probably yeah. Maybe we should be maybe we should be too harsh on them. Yeah, uh, and then the last one. Uh, I can understand why this one was a Hell in a Cell match. So Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. Do you remember that one? No, Chris? no recollection of that. What's so that, that was the one that ended in a no contest because Lesnar came out kicked the door through uh, and destroyed them both. I have no problem with, because Braun and, and Roman had had quite a long feud, um, so having it in a Hell in a Cell made sense, but Lesnar coming out and it being a no contest was bullshit. <laughs> uh, okay, any any others then? Before, <laughs> we, we don't have to just mention bollocks ones as I've classed them. Any, any others that you want to mention uh, now that I've gone through those? No, I mean, <laughs> now I've shown I don't remember any Hell in a Cell matches, so we've never, we haven't discussed in advance or occasionally flash into my mind. The only thing I would would say, while not Hell in a Cell, I would recommend always going through rewatching the War Games matches. Cause I love, I love War Games. Yeah. Um, so. Because they weren't technically Hell in a Cell matches, I didn't want to, didn't want um, us to, to really cover them. But yeah, War Games is great, and likewise, I should have mentioned this really in our Royal Rumble series. But World War Three, yeah, that that gimmick match with with the two rings, but still sort of a battle royale. Um, yeah, go and watch that. But yeah, War Games, uh, maybe we should cover that as a as a separate series, especially with the great work that. The uh, the new guys are doing NXT guys with their War Games pay per view recently. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, Chris, any closing thoughts then on Hell in a Cell before we uh, before we wrap up the series? Yeah, just just the just the fact that this has been a lot of fun. Not just it's been the best parts of wrestling. It's been we've had some great storylines feed into these. We've had some matches where the wrestling's in the ring has been absolutely world class. We've had some spectacular spots as well. True, not ma- some of the matches haven't had them all in the same same match, but we have had a couple where they've contained all of those. And those when those bits come together, it reminds you just how great wrestling is and how much we love it. Yeah, completely agree. There's we've gone from the sublime to the ridiculous uh, in in this series. Um, and I've thoroughly enjoyed all of the matches we've covered. Well, I've thoroughly enjoyed covering them. Enjoying the matches might be a stretch but <laughs> for a couple of them, but I've certainly enjoyed covering them. Um, my only closing thought for Hell in a Cell is I would much prefer them to not just be the first match in a feud. If they are going to keep Hell in a Cell matches at Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, then at least have a storyline that's building towards it rather than, oh shit, we've got a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view coming up this weekend. Um, you and you, you go in a Hell in a Cell. That, that'll do. The Miz has got issue with the hot dog vendor, so they're going to sell in a cell. We'll build, we'll build that into the pre-show and that'll be the main event. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, that'll do us for our Hell in a Cell coverage. Really hope that everyone at home has enjoyed the 10 episodes that we've looked back at Hell in a Cell. 
Thanks as always for listening. All that's left for us to do is tell you what our next series will be. And as per our social media feeds, you may have seen already, we are going to cover buried alive matches in case you weren't sick of The Undertaker from our Hell in a Cell coverage. <laughs> <laughs> These are, uh, are going to be fun because they are violent. Probably. I can't wait. <laughs> I want to do it now. <laughs> the, the only thing, and this is probably, we're basically doing our admin uh, in an episode, but is there going to be enough Buried Alive matches for us to actually cover? These are things we probably should have thought about before we put the poll out, but, you know, if, if so, no, we'll just, we'll pad. Yeah, <laughs> we pad through everything else, so why not through a whole series? It'll be all right. It'll be, It'll be right. fine. <laughs> if we have to do a mini series, we'll do a mini series. We we'll could, we there, could combine it with Cat. Eight, I ain't favourite because they're the only ones. It's fine. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so yeah, look forward to us um, basically making it up as we go through. There might be three episodes, there might be 30, who knows? <laughs> so yeah, look forward to that. Until then, thank you as always. Thank you very much, Chris. I thoroughly enjoyed Hell in a Cell, uh, exactly as I. As I expected, I would. Hopefully, you've been the same. I have, so thank you very much for having me. I cannot wait to get buried alive. <laughs> yep, and the only way that we can possibly end the uh, Hell in a Cell series. The end is here. Speak to you next time. Okay, take care.